Welcome to Direct to Audio, a movie discussions podcast. My name is Spencer. This has been in the works for a literal year. You guys can talk now. It's fine. Okay. Okay. <laughs> the two most frequent guests in the best way are together again. It's been a while since you guys have been on the podcast together. We have Liz yeah. and we have Max. Hi. Uh, we are discussing the Spider-Man franchise from worst to best. And because there are clearly the new trilogy with Tom Holland. And then you have Tobey Maguire's original trilogy. Then you have Andrew Garfield's two films. And then I feel like the one that a lot of people just forget exists is Into the Spider-Verse from 2018. Yeah. But there's nine Spider-Man official films. Mm -hmm. It's a wonderful, like, 20-year arc of Spider-Man because what I love about the Spider-Man franchise, especially the 20th anniversary of the first one, is that it kind of rekindled the superhero slash summer blockbuster kind of arc where Batman 89 kind of showed the world, hey, this is how we can do it. Then you had just studios kind of bastardizing that. And then you had like the weirder Batman films, even though me and Max love them. Yeah. Uh, then you had some Marvel properties come out. And I feel like it only really took off, although the X-Men movies did also exist at the time, mm-hmm. yeah. when Spider-Man 1 hit the screen. Uh, and I think it kind of created the model of how the MCU would kind of be for- Like, if you look at Spider-Man 1 and Spider-Man 2, with totally- and we're going to get into this in a bit. You can see what the MCU kind of took from that, mm-hmm. and then how we're at where we're at today. So I think that's a very pivotal moment, and to see that there's nine movies from that to now mm-hmm. is pretty impressive. I agree. I do think the first X Men deserves some credit for kind of bringing back comic book movies after Batman and Robin killed them. Oh, yeah. unfortunately, oh, I dude. like I like Batman and Robin. Look up the, I mean, it I have launched all that me stuff. into another world. Batman and Robin's my favorite Batman movie, so right. I'm, I'm like, give me all the things. <laughs> I, I love it so much, it's so but good. <laughs> the mainstream opinion. Oh is no, for sure. Yeah. But I think X Men started kickstarted superhero movies back up, but Spider Man did it more effectively because it was more of a crowd pleaser it's funny that what spider-man did is they took their okay here's what x-men did pretty good with like storyline character wise how we can introduce that here's what batman did really good with you know how to give a great hero backstory in a short succinct amount of time and then they're like you know what we do like though is the vibrant color scheme and nature of the mid 90s batman films and the superhero films they all kind of just like combine them together but we'll get into that in a bit when we talk about spider-man one and two what i want to briefly mention is kind of your history's with the spider-man franchise and why liz you really want to talk about it and why max you want to talk about it i know you're more passionate about the mcguire trilogy or at least the first two but still we obviously are all spider-man fans but liz will go with you as you wear your spider-man shirt i have my spider-man shirt on i Um, got all three repping i will just say right now (laughs) this is going to be a spoiler filled episode if you have not seen spider-man no way home don't know what you're doing at this point (laughs) Like, you gotta go see it. I've seen it three times, man. I've seen so. it twice. <laughs> um, and we kind of just had this conversation with Max. Because he said he got Ghostbusters Afterlife spoiled because he didn't go see it. Yeah. With films, if you're invested in a property, like if it's like a superhero property or a series or whatever, and you don't go and see the film, and it's like months after the fact, and someone spoils it online, that's on, that's on you. Because yeah. like Max said, unfortunately... He knows the ending of Ghostbusters. Yeah. It's still a great film. You'll still love it. Mm-hmm. But if you watch, like for me, like, yeah, if I watch a bunch of stuff about Spider-Man and you don't see Spider-Man No Way Home, you're going to get that movie spoiled. Yeah. If you haven't seen it, literally shut this off and go watch it. And then come back. 
Okay. I'm going to go home and watch it, and then I'll be back. All right. Oh, see you guys two later. Two hours. Well, yeah. I'm going to head out. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> that's why that's Spongebob Spongebob me. me. Uh, but Liz... Where did your love of Spider-Man, the character, start? Was it the Toby trilogy? Was it kind of after the fact? When did you really like? It was definitely the Toby trilogy, just because I was so young when I first saw it. Going to the movies, like, with my dad and my parents and stuff was a big deal. So I remember, like, I don't know, just always Spider-Man always being there. There wasn't really that much time between Spider-Man 3, well, because that came out in, what, 2007? And yeah. then, 2010 just a is... few, yeah, a few years later... Andrew Garfield Spider-Man came out, so it's yeah. just constant, like, boom, 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 like, yeah. more Spider-Man content, so he's always kind of been there, mm-hmm. and I feel like he's super relatable as well. Totally. Well, hilariously, there is a reason why the movies are boom, 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 because contractually, Sony yeah. is obligated yeah. to release a film every five years mm-hmm. and nine months. To keep the rights. To right. keep the film yeah. right. So. I want to briefly just mention this right here, because that's a good kind of jumping off point, is that in 1998... There was a sale. Marvel was literally in the 90s like broke. Like they were literally bankrupt. So that's why they sold a bunch of their character properties off. So in the early 90s, they sold the X-Men, the Fantastic Four, any sort of ancillary characters. So sold it all to Fox. Mm -hmm. Hilariously enough, Disney just bought Fox. So they got all those rights back because Marvel sold to Disney. In 98, they were still basically hemorrhaging money because comic books were dying. They weren't releasing films. All the films they released were terrible in a sense. In 98, Sony acquired the rights to the Spider-Man character and 900 other Marvel characters. Oh my God. Pretty much like anybody from the Spider-Man universe. So Gwen Stacy, (laughs) Mary Jane Watson, Venom, Carnage, Vulture, Black Cat, all the villains. Uh, And the only terms were that they had to release a Spider-Man movie every five years and nine months. Marvel kept the comic book and the merchandising stuff but in regards to film rights, Sony owns them. And then Marvel, Kevin Feige, and Disney approached Sony and was like, hey, let's figure out how to get this thing going. Um, and that's how you have technically Spider-Man back in the MCU. But as you can see when you see the movies, Sony's presence is still right there because Sony still technically owns Spider-Man. Yeah. There's a working relationship. And also, hilariously, Universal, for some reason, owns the rights to the solo Hulk film. Yeah. Which is odd. Both of them, right? Yeah. Rights yeah. are very weird. And that's why I kind of, I feel like a lot of people don't understand. And they sh- it's, it's yeah. ridiculous. Mm-hmm. But so that's why you have all these different Spider-Man iterations. Because Sony obviously wants to keep their cash cow. So when the Maguire trilogy kind of failed, then they're like, well, we have, they were going to do Spider-Man 4. Then they're like, well, we can't. Well, we still have to keep the rights. So reboot. Yeah. And then hilariously enough, with Disney wanting to make Spider-Man and make the MCU movies, that still counts for Sony. So good job, Sony. Yeah. You keep your rights. Didn't they have to like come to a deal, though? Oh, yeah. Which was a big deal. Which is crazy. <laughs> I remember, like, his, they had, like, Civil War pretty much done, and then they're like, oh, we got the rights. Let's throw Spider-Man mm-hmm. in. Well, not even the rights. They just got, like, they basically, like, leased him. Okay. And they're allowed to use him. <laughs> Interesting. And, but that's why after, I think it was after Far From Home? is when Marvel and Sony had, like, a big, like, fight. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And Sony was like, all right, then fuck you, we're done, and no, we're going to pull yeah. him. And literally, I be- from what I've heard, Tom Holland literally was, like, drunk at a bar, like, called, like, the CEO of Disney. He's like, please don't do this. Like, we need one more. <laughs> yeah, so they... Yeah, it was a big deal. I, I remember 
just one day everything was like, all right, and Sony has pulled Ugh. like the Spider-Man yeah. films because yeah, I mean to be fair, that's their no pun intended right to do mm-hmm. so. They own the character in the films. Disney and Marvel can advertise Spider-Man like the comic book character as much as they want, but when it comes to him actually appearing on screen, Sony has to sign off on everything they do. And one quick mention here. We will not be including, because you just brought it up with Civil War, Yeah, yeah. we are not including movies that Spider-Man is not the titular character in. He is a part of Civil War, Infinity War, and Endgame, but we will not be discussing those films today because he is just an ancillary piece in the uh, ensemble cast rather than the lead character. Makes sense. Okay, but anywho, Max, your feelings on Spider-Man, how did you start to like this character? I was never a big comic book reader when I was a kid, but I loved superheroes because of those Saturday morning cartoons from the oh, 90s. Yeah. Batman, X-Men, and Spider-Man. I watched them every week. I was obsessed with them, especially Batman, as we all know. Oh, yeah. But, um, so I, I knew about Spider-Man. I knew about all the villains from that show. Because I feel like those were very good representations of the characters. Like, they did their homework. They're very good shows. That's the beauty of those 90s shows, is I feel like the reason why Batman is so popular Bro, today yeah. is because that show, one, is it still holds up. And yeah, so does the totally, X-Men show. Totally. Yeah. I haven't seen the Spider-Man show it's lately. Okay. I was I think... watching it a few weeks ago. It's okay. I feel like with X-Men and with Batman, they leaned heavily on more adult-style yeah. animation. And storytelling. Yeah, it w- it felt very much like you were watching a, a weekly drama, mm-hmm. but it was drawn, and it had cartoon characters. Where Spider-Man, obviously, that's, like the, that's kind of the eternal flaw of the character, is that he is a teenager. Yeah. So, at the end of the day, you have to be like, oh, he's in high school. And yeah. I think that works, but yeah, for the longevity of it. Sometimes those stories kind of don't age well with the yeah. viewer. But anywho, continue. Yeah, so those shows were pretty much my comic books when I was growing up because they felt like the comic books. I've been told, at least. I've read a few, yeah. and I know the mythology, but like those were my comic books. So that was my beginning with Spider-Man. And then I'll never forget when I saw Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone with my mom. When I was like 11, Aww. when I was brand new. We already did the Harry Potter episode, know, me and Liz. But I'm going somewhere with this. I was so hyped after it because I was 11 and it was Harry Potter and I loved it. And I remember after the movie, my mom went to the bathroom, waiting in the theater lobby for her. And I look up at the wall and it was before, well, the internet was around, but I was 11. So I wasn't you were right. So I didn't know what was coming. <laughs> there was a giant poster hanging down of Spider-Man. It was like six months out still. And it was that legendary movie cover where he's climbing up the wall. Oh, like climb up the wall. Yeah, that one's And I just was standing there looking up at this huge poster thinking to myself, cool. I didn't know that was coming. Now I'm excited. And then six months later, I saw it. And six months after that, I got the DVD and I wore it the fuck out. I was obsessed (laughs) with Spider-Man. So over the past 20 years with some of the movies, it's kind of been a love-hate relationship, as I'm sure it's been with you too. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. And you... But, um, yeah, I've always loved Spider-Man. I think, and I think a lot of people think this too, him and Batman are my two favorite superheroes yeah. because they're just, not only are the stories kind of relate- relatable, but they just have the best villains. Costume self versus their human self. Mm-hmm. The dichotomy of can I balance myself with the superhero or do I can I give that up? That's kind of a through line through both film arcs. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think the big factor, kind of leading back to you on that, is... With Iron Man, Captain America, Superman, all those things, there was a Superman cartoon, but there wasn't really a lot of exposure for those heroes. Whereas when you're looking at Batman and Spider-Man, as we just mentioned, 
you have the movies, the blockbuster films, and then you also have those cartoons. Mm-hmm. So if you're just a casual fan, you're not reading the comic books, yeah. you can still go and see superhero films and enjoy it. X-Men had that opportunity, and I think they still kind of have that pull, mm-hmm. but they really just... I think where Spider-Man and Batman had redeeming films that could make you go, oh man, this was back... X-Men never really had that? Yeah. yeah. Uh, besides like Deadpool, and even still, I just feel like... Logan. Logan as well. Yeah. Well, that's why I think a lot of people latch on to the Wolverine character, whereas like mm-hmm. that kind of changes things a little bit but yeah i think the reasoning why spider-man is and batman are a lot of people's favorite heroes is just because of the fact that there's just so much of it out there and it also kind of comes back to that batman argument of like which one's your spider-man which is like how you you know started yeah. to like it so um i'm the same as you i i didn't go see in the theater i was too young at the time to be able to yeah. go see that my parents we never really went to go see those kind of movies but i remember getting the vhs of it yeah. And wearing that thing out. Yeah. And I and then when Spider Man two came out, oh I God. was what, ten years old. Oh. I was ready to go. Went on the theater with my mom. It was my favorite movie for like ten straight years. I had all the merchandise. I was I remember saying a couple episodes ago that I had like the glove that had like the silly string shooter yes. on it. Yes, oh my god, that was the best toy. Yeah. Yes. Could never use it because my mom was like, can't spray that in no, the house. No, I was like, oh, go outside and do it. So I remember like, but then I she got was like, two shots in and then it was gone. And then my dad was like, pick up the silly string. And I'm like, well, that's not fun. I can't yeah. be like, yeah, Spider-Man's gonna pick around his webbing. He's gonna pick it up. What I love about the Spider-Man character, and this is what Stan Lee had mentioned in the past, is that the reasoning why the characters kind of cover up in this entire outfit is that any kid can see themselves as spider-man he can be uh male female white black latino any sort of race or ethnicity underneath the mask and i love that he created this character to be like yeah at the end of the day you can read this comic and you can see yourself in the character and i think it's beautiful that we can have a superhero that can really just kind of go across all different types of boundaries Um, and that's one of the reasons why i think a lot of people latch on to this character And I realized when I started substitute teaching a gym teacher sometimes, and I realized how hard it is to run around and be active with a mask over your mouth. So I feel for Spider-Man. Yeah. <laughs> Gotta be hard to breathe. Here's the thing. A lot of activity. It is uh, canon that spiders can wear masks and breathe. <laughs> I'm no. so good. No, it's not. <laughs> no. Okay. <laughs> for a second there, I was like, I don't know much oh about spiders. Oh my God, so funny. <laughs> but as I mentioned, there are nine films in this series uh, the series as a whole has grossed over $6.3 billion. Chump change. With the way that we rank these movies, we look at six different review sites. We have IMDb rating, Rotten Tomato Critic, the Metacritic Critic, the Rotten Tomato Fan, the Metacritic Fan, and the number of Google users who <laughs> like the movie. The average for the entire Spider-Man franchise is 78.07%. Oh, it is really high. Yeah. Um, I just want to quickly say... That there are so many Spider-Man movies, and we mention this every time we do this, you can like what you like without being mean to someone, or being antagonistic, or rude. I think the whole point of the Spider-Man character is loving, understanding, and caring, and being the bigger person. With great power comes great responsibility, people. That's what Uncle Ben said. And Aunt May, once. Um, Peter says it a few times, too. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. What I want to ask you both. Yeah. Because I need you to give me what you think the top three are from number three, two, and one, and then what you think the worst movie is. Okay. Max, you can go first. Okay, so three, uh, No Way Home, Into the Spider-Verse, and Spider-Man 2. Okay. 
And then I think mm-hmm. the worst is me. Amazing Spider-Man 2. Liz? Um, okay. I think number three is Spider-Man 2. Number two is Into the Spider-Verse. And then number one would be uh, No Way Home. Okay. And this is not my mm-hmm. opinion, but I think that Spider-Man 3 is the lowest ranked. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So, so we are going to get into it right now. Shit, I'm scared. <laughs> what I just want to say Pawns real quick, what I need to say to you right now yeah. is that I have gotten so many people that have mentioned this to me, especially mm-hmm. one woman, Teresa, yeah. that says she loves your reactions when you go through these because yes. you get so angry. Dude, yes, because yes, I'm passionate. like, what? Yeah. <laughs> like, she, and I laugh too when <laughs> it was Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets. You're like, what the hell? Oh I'm my God. I'm still mad. I think about that every fucking day. And me I'm and Max, what I love is like, we did Batman, we're like, yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. I tried like, I try to put personal opinions aside. Dude, and just think nope. About what the I'm like... Think, so, like... All right, someone, someone pet Storm because he just freaked. Sorry, sorry. I am so <laughs> sorry. I Storm is sitting with us, uh, and uh, I did not introduce him at the beginning of the episode, but he was he's asleep. Been a, he's been He's been very boy. good. That all might get cut. <laughs> we just went on a big <laughs> Harry Potter rant. Um, but we're here for Spider-Man, and... Yes. Number nine with a 63% and the lowest Rotten Tomato critic, Metacritic <laughs> critic, and Metacritic fan is The Amazing Spider-Man 2. Okay. Yeah. I'm not angry about it. This by far, in my opinion, is the worst. As we said, the problem with the Spider-Man movies is that Sony is required to release these films in a timely manner. This one feels like they... Saw that the first Spider-Man with uh, with Andrew Garfield was at least a box office success. And they got a little too excited and then just threw this out there and had a lot of ideas and threw them at the wall. And I just don't think any of them really stuck. Um, although I love Andrew Garfield and Emma Stone together. I think their chemistry on screen is what makes this movie watchable. And when you have acclaimed actors and actresses next to you that'll help i just feel like this one plot wise separate from spider-man 3 which we all kind of thought was the lower one is just really clunky oh yeah i feel like where Spy- the amazing spider-man 2 and spider-man 3 fail is that they try to cram too much into a movie mm-hmm. and so then it just kind of like you said it's just a jumbled mess because they try to do too much mm-hmm you know, they try to set up the Sinister Six, and then they have Electro, and then they also have Dane DeHaan being a nasty-ass Green Goblin, and then, like, you know, Norman Osborn, like, dying, and is like, oh, it was disgusting. <laughs> and what's funny is they, they cram so much in, and they cram so many, like, great actors in, too. No, right. Exactly. Like, Norman Osborn's Chris Cooper, Paul yeah. Giamatti's losing his fucking mind. <laughs> I can't even mention as Rhino. Rhino. It's oh just a ba- and they couldn't even fit it in the movie. No. He literally is like a throwaway at the end. In the middle of an action scene. So they it's so jumbled that they couldn't even fit it all. They couldn't fit everything. And you're right where it seems like and this is why we talk about how amazing the MCU is. Is that the MCU has a structure from start to finish. Like you may look at a film in the past and go, Oh wow, this can still like canonically hold up, but it doesn't feel like they're throwing a hundred things at the wall. Like you mentioned, yeah. they're trying to make the sinister sticks fast and they really yeah. wanted to make that film and don't get me wrong that's a very interesting and pivotal concept for spider-man and for those of you who don't know the sinister sticks is six villains who team together to defeat spider-man and i understand why sony wanted it because if you're going to try to like 
make the next Spider-Man film and be yeah. big, you go with the biggest ending you can possibly think of. Yeah. But when you try to cram in, like you said, you had Lizard in the first one, then you have Green Goblin, then you have Norman Osborn in there technically, then you have... Uh, <laughs> And then, but at the end of Spider-Man 1, Amazing Spider-Man 1, you see, like, there's vultures, wings, and then there's, this, like, yeah. so they're just throwing stuff. Mm-hmm. They didn't have confidence no. in the character. No. They just wanted more. Yep. Because I, of the rights. Mm-hmm. They were like, we have to keep making these, so we might as well just give this a shot. <laughs> also, kind of hilariously enough, this is the only Spider-Man movie with a rotten rating on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah. Makes sense. Yeah. I think what's funny to me is, like, and I, and I agree and I don't agree. People are saying that Andrew Garfield was done, quote unquote, dirty with oh, his yeah. trilogy. And yeah. I do feel like that's the case. Mm-hmm. But. Where was the support back then? Exactly. No, yeah. yeah. And I get it. Like, you can be the fan that you want to be. Like, if you want to jump on it now, like, all the more to you. Because then Andrew's getting the love that he finally deserves. But I'm also like, bro, like yeah. you were shitting on this guy for how long? Right. Like he's ama- like mm. I don't. He's amazing. Haha. <laughs> he's amazing. Yeah. He is awesome in these movies. Like he yeah. is the best part of all of these movies. Well, I he's just surrounded well. by like just a poor script and like the yeah. whole fucking thing with like his parents. I yeah, hate, it's my least favorite part. I of this hate too. it so yeah. much. Like nobody cares about that. Like oh. That's the thing that got me. I think the problem was Sony and Disney hadn't made a deal yet. So they made Amazing Spider-Man right when Avengers came out. So they saw how popular the MCU was becoming and how pop- how well they were putting all this together. So they like thought... All these characters together, yeah. yeah. So they thought, well, we're going to try to do this with our with Spider-Man. With our own stuff. And they mm-hmm. just did it too fast. It's literally like yeah. DC. Yeah. So like, <laughs> oh. yeah. <laughs> I think that was the problem. But my... <laughs> Trigger warning, DCEU. <laughs> Sorry. How has no studio <laughs> learned? It out, I think. How? No, they haven't. How has have. no studio learned to just not try to mimic the MCU? Yeah. Like, it's literally, it will literally never be duplicated. Yeah. We're I... still going. Yeah. I think once Aquaman, Shazam, Wonder Woman, one, one, not Wonder Woman, like two, and um, Suicide Squad, the new one. I yeah. think once they realize, let's just let directors make the movie they want, and mm-hmm. it doesn't really have to connect. Uh, and then they fucked up by, after making Wonder Woman 1, immediately okay. giving the fucking Justice League treatment, and then Wonder Woman 2, which okay. is a complete mess. I don't like Wonder Woman 2, but it feels like a director's vision. It doesn't feel like... Anyway, but, we're not talking about And then the Suicide Squad 1, <laughs> and then but like... So that was years ago. But anywho, but that's the same problem here, is that yeah. they, they tried to throw too much in to catch up with the MCU... And it, it flopped. Yeah. Okay, yeah. so here's my hot take on Amazing Spider-Man 2. I had every intention to rewatch the Andrew Garfield movies leading up to this. I just ran out of time. So I just watched YouTube clips. It's really dumb, but I like it more than the first Amazing Spider-Man. Because really? I felt like the first Amazing Spider-Man was so boring and trying too hard to duplicate huh. the original Raimi movie. Yeah. Okay. Same story-ish. Whereas this one goes batshit crazy it's silly. It's a comic book movie. My friend put it the best because he's a huge Spider-Man fan when it came out. He said, once, halfway through the movie, when you realize this is a bad movie, it becomes fun. And I agree. And Andrew Garfield's costume in this movie, phenomenal. Yeah, they tweaked it up a little bit. Made yeah, it looks, it looks a lot better. It's one of my favorite Spider-Man uh-huh. costumes in a movie. 
And Gwen Stacy's death is handled so well. Oh, it's yeah. so sad. It's such a heartbreaking scene, Dude. and I can't believe the movie ends like that. It's beautiful. Yes, it's a great that's ending. Nice yeah. yeah. <laughs> like those two in this movie are very good, but it's stupid. It's stupid. It's stupid. They copy um, Edward Nigma's story from Batman Forever for uh, Jamie yeah. Fox. And it's so rushed. I'll never forget the first scene with him. I've only seen it once, but the first scene with him, he's walking down the street and Spider-Man runs past him. He drops something. Oh, oh, here you go. And he goes, oh, nobody ever notices me. It's like, oh, yeah. Well, now we know that's his character. Yep. Yeah. They just threw that line of dialogue it's such out here. Shit exposition. Be like, yeah, exactly. And by the way, no one noticed me. And he's like, and it's like okay, okay, well, cool. <laughs> all right then. And it just moves so fast. And Dane yeah. DeHaan, good actor, not good in this. Oh, he's so bad. And I feel awful he cheeses it up. That. He yeah. cheeses it up. The scene like where he becomes it, the Green Goblin, is so stupid. That's one of the clips I watched on YouTube. <laughs> just to refresh my memory, he's like, ah, and he starts crawling towards the costume. I think this movie's fun, but I'll never watch it again. No. Because it's so stupid. It's the Batman and Robin of... No. No. What? No. <laughs> That's because <clears throat> I saw it as an adult. <clears throat> yeah. If I saw this as a kid, I'd probably like it. Because yeah. there's so much happening. Just like Batman and Robin. Yeah. I, I love Batman and Robin. I I saw it when I was seven. I so. guess I can see that point. Mm-hmm. Um, but just like on the level of like fun and just completely off the wall, you when you have actors hamming it up for the screen versus just being bad that's the difference whereas like when you're watching batman and robin they're hamming it up whereas this it's just a poor script and direction yeah um this is something i struggle with like these movies and the earlier raimi films is that like spider-man's kind of creepy because he was like following gwen and stuff like that and i'm like ah that's weird and then the whole um when electro's doing his electric thing there's like some weird dubstep yeah, like mixed stupid. in it's like burr, burr. And the then, music in these movies i, I do not like it's like an itsy bitsy spider dubstep yeah remix it's so when they're weird fighting. yeah um i will say i did like um when <laughs> the ride i paul giamatti's russian accent is like uh, my favorite thing in this of, movie he's hamming it up um <laughs> Bye-bye. <laughs> yeah, bye to this movie. We're going to move on to the one that Liz said was the worst. Clearly, <laughs> these are the worst two. Number eight is Spider-Man 3 with a 64.5%. It has the lowest IMDb and Rotten Tomato fan score. This one suffers from the same issue as Amazing Spider-Man 2 where they it, it, they are trying to shove a lot of stuff in here. Mm-hmm. And I think that this is where that was also the studio because the studio wanted them to start throwing people in they wanted to have ben kingsley as the vulture be in here <laughs> they were setting up for spider-man 4 of the, of the raimi uh, movies where it was going to be mysterio played by bruce campbell because he shows up in every single one prior which is so awesome yeah i didn't know that's that so until cool. you told me earlier. that's awesome they did a lot of stuff that sam raimi didn't want to do and it feels like it all happened in pre-production because this movie just feels like Sam Raimi just goes, I'm over it. Yeah. Because it's just, it's laughably bad at times. The cast doesn't give a shit. Like, the second one is such a good movie. Mm-hmm. And then in this one, they're all acting so silly. Nobody feels, like, when, uh, what's his face? James Franco, Harry Osborne, when he gets amnesia, the way he acts is oh so <laughs> dumb. It's really bad. He's like, so I hit my head, blah, blah, blah. And Toby Ware's like, yeah, you did. And they're just like, nobody feels like they care anymore. Yeah. No. He's like, oh, you're just my best friend. Like, yeah. it's so sweet. But I'm like, and not even. I feel like not even uh, Sam Raimi cared. Exactly. 
It feels like a big, like, fuck you to the studio, like a meme. Like, mm-hmm. this whole movie is a meme. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like... And that, it sucks because there's a good movie in there. Yeah. I, I honestly... That's where this one separates itself from Amazing Spider-Man 2. Yeah. yeah. I don't feel like Amazing Spider-Man 2 has a good movie secretly <laughs> in there. No. I feel like this movie, if they explored the Venom symbiote without having goofy Topher Grace there and the dumb dancing sequences. Mm -hmm. And if they stripped away one more villain, Mm -hmm. I think you could, I love uh, Thomas Hayden Church's Sandman. I feel like that is an amazing, it's almost like a Mr. Freeze type character where you sympathize with him, Mm -hmm. but you can understand that he's just going about the wrong way. If they would have had this movie end with James Franco coming back and realizing that, everything he had already forgotten and then eventually turns in the green the hobgoblin for the fourth movie yeah. mm-hmm. with mysterio mm-hmm. then that'd be but again it feels like they just kind of threw a bunch of stuff and we're like all right let's do it all now and then yeah when you're the cast you're just like what i'm supposed to come out of a suit store dancing and like dude yeah Topher grace is overacting and he's I've like learn to love it I, I do love the Bully Maguire stuff, yeah. honestly. Yeah. I Dig on this. Dude, yeah. Like, what is your favorite Bully Maguire quote? I'm just curious. Uh, for dig the... on this. Dig, dig on, on this. this. Is my... I say that way too much. You're trash, Brock. <laughs> so Flips good. his hair. And he's like, I'm going to rub some dirt in your eye. Like, skin and It's my fan. And when he's yeah. like um at the Daily Bugle and he like puts him up against the wall and he's like, yes. you want forgiveness? get religion i'm like oh what the goodness. fuck is this movie okay i will say though that's a great villain line dude it's so good look at goblin jr what are you gonna cry <laughs> toby mcguire just gives it 110 i know that we're like oh nobody cared while while making this i feel yeah. like he gives such like such weird energy he does i don't know i used to hate this movie I'm like this movie sucks blah, blah, blah. yeah in my old age i've grown to actually really love this movie <laughs> just because it is so ridiculous I agree. Yeah. I hated it when I saw it in theaters. Yeah, no. Absolutely mm-hmm. hated it. Yeah, it wasn't good. No, it wasn't no. good. What I think is great about this one, though, and again, how we will separate this from Amazing Spider-Man 2, because obviously these are by far the two worst, Oh yeah. is that, like you had mentioned, Max, if you just kind of shut your brain off and watch the Amazing Spider-Man 2, it's, I guess, more enjoyable. Yeah. At least this one, it's it's so bad, it's, it's laughable at parts. Yeah. And, but that's because all the actors buy into it, mm-hmm. that they're just hamming it up. Whereas mm-hmm. I said in the last one, too many of them are trying to be serious. Like Dane DeHaan is trying to be too serious. Yeah. And you have Andrew Garfield and Emma Stone trying to save the film. Where in this one, everyone's kind of like, let's just have fun. Let's just go with it because <laughs> clearly yeah. this is ridiculous. It does. I don't think the visual effects look as great because... The Academy Award winning visual effects artist John Dykstra from the second one, he won an Academy Award for that, didn't come back. So Sony had to make image works Mm -hmm. to make the film's effects. And I feel like that draws it down. Danny Elfman doesn't come back. Mm -hmm. So a lot of people are just jumping ship. And uh, it was one of the most expensive films ever made at the time. Yeah. Oh, God, really? And I don't know where that budget went. (laughs) Yeah, no. (laughs) The one scene I think is actually good. Now, I wonder if you're going the same way I am, yeah. is when Eddie gets taken over by the symbiote. Oh, okay. I genuinely like how it, like, takes him over and drips well, on pretty him. Terrifying. It's, it's haunting. Yeah, yeah. I like well, it. It's Sam Raimi. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's the only part that feels like a Sam Raimi movie. Yeah. I was going to say the, and this is big on the internet, but the Sandman creation scene. 
Well, the that villain works. creation. Yeah. Awesome. That what, is good. What Sam Raimi did so well in this entire series that he had is he knew how to create a villain origin story yeah. and make it horrifying. Think mm-hmm. of the Green Goblin. That sequence, terrifying. Oh, Doc Ox is a horror movie. Mm-hmm. Sandman's is tragic. Eddie Brock's is tragic because he is just a victim of circumstance. Mm-hmm. And then he built a three-film arc of Harry Osborn becoming the Hobgoblin. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think they should have... I like your idea of Harry, uh, Harry becoming Green Goblin, or Hobgoblin, at the end of the movie. But I would have wiped out the amnesia. I think that's lazy writing. <laughs> Amnesia, amnesia is a screenwriter's like, we don't know how to finish this. <laughs> Maybe like at the beginning funny. of the movie, he realizes that he's, he knows he's going to become it. And he starts like playing nice with Peter. Like, yeah, to get close. That would be yeah, cool. Yeah, to get close and then I slowly like tears him and Mary Jane mm-hmm. apart. And then at the end comes out. Because that would give him more time for Sandman, who I think could have been a great awesome. character. He's so but great. They yeah. did him dirty. Yes. He could have been so much better. And instead mm-hmm. of Uncle Ben like retconning that, maybe he could have just been a criminal who robbed Aunt May. Yeah. Yeah. And because then it could have made it close to Peter, but he didn't really want to. He had to, to for his daughter. I just got how we can retcon this film. Yeah. So instead of Harry being the hobgoblin and helping Peter, you have at the end of the film the Hobgoblin working with Venom and Sandman's arc turns around where he becomes the hero at the end to try to save Peter, mm-hmm. dies in the process, and that makes more sense for No Way Home where he's just randomly a friend of Peter. Like, yeah. if you have Sam maybe the sympathetic character and then realize his the error of his ways, die in the process trying to save Peter and be the good guy again, Yeah, and then you have Harry escape, basically sell out Venom, Venom dies, mm-hmm. and then that's where the last movie is just... Harry versus Peter, and then Mysterio's in there just causing shit. That's Bruce Campbell. That's Bruce Campbell, obviously. <laughs> but, so the Venom thing. I, I know Sam Raimi didn't want Venom, but I think he could have done Venom really good with his horror background. Yeah. And as fun as Bully Maguire is, they should have just <laughs> taken that all out and I had the symbiote go on Eddie Brock from the beginning, and Eddie Brock should have been played by Jake Gyllenhaal. I think it would have been fun to have, because uh, Jake Gyllenhaal was supposed to be Spider-Man... In Spider-Man 2, because Tobey Maguire hurt his back filming Seabiscuit. Fun fact. Didn't Why didn't they get the obviously. horse? Oh, that's cute. But, um, so it would have been cool to have him as Eddie Brock, because yeah. he's kind of he's a gruff charismatic. dude. He could have gotten the symbiote at the beginning, and then he could have had, like, a transformation that mirrored Toby's from the first one, but, like, yeah. down the evil path instead of the good. Because Topher Because I like Topher Grace heart. a lot, but he just, I don't think he was right for the role. No. But, you know. I honestly think. Because I'm a big Hollywood bigwig that can make decisions like this. <laughs> no, but okay, it doesn't take you, guy. it doesn't take you looking at him and saying he's not a good actor for the role. No. I Like, he could have been a better Spider-Man, in all honesty. Because he's got that dopey charm. Yeah, oh, 100%. And the, the like, jokes, you know, Eric, he's yeah. just, he's not a bad guy. Mm-hmm. He's yeah. too, he's, he's too Eric sweet. Foreman, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I get what they were trying to do, because I think... I think what, and this is a good point made by both of you, Mm -hmm. I think people think of Venom just being the antithesis of Spider-Man, where Spider-Man is a scrawny kid who stumbles into power and uses that, and they think the same thing for Venom. Mm -hmm. So that's why for you, you think of Jake Gyllenhaal because they wanted to use him, so it's literally like a mirrored image of each other. But then you say you want a bigger, more rough venom because look at the picture he's the big comic booky type character and i think the problem is is that they they could have blended it together yeah they could have had 
like Spider-Man, he goes from scrawny nerdy kid, the venom from, no pun intended, the spider bite, Mm -hmm. changes him to being strong, muscular, everything like that. You could make it where the symbiote does the same for Venom, but they kept him as like scrawny Topher Grace. So if you yeah. you could have given if it was Topher Grace and made it so he was like buffer because the suit added to him, yeah. or you put Jake Gyllenhaal under the suit or the symbiote, and then it just like buffs him up and CGs it a little bit, yeah. then it would make sense. And uh-huh. earlier you said it failed. It didn't, in terms of box office. Well, I mean, there's, none of the Spider-Man movies failed in box yeah, office. Like, that's $6.3 billion. Mm-hmm. But I think we have seen this plenty of times. Movies can be successful in the box office, but fail critically. Yeah. And I think, or even fan relation-wise. Because when it's the third movie of the two biggest super movies of all time at the time, or two of the biggest super movies of all time, it's clearly going to make money. Yeah. But there's a difference between making money and being good Fair. and yeah. then just making money. Yeah. I think there's a list of movies that we could look at like, oh, these make a ton of money and suck. We just talked about, <laughs> no pun intended, the Pirates of the Caribbean, the end film, yeah. made a ton of money, suck. The the metric is, I guess, what do you measure a film success as? Do you measure it as box office, critic acclaim, both? What do you measure it as? And I think- I guess it, success, I don't know, with that word, I think about box office. Okay. I don't think there's a right or wrong answer. I think that's the point is I think you can look at this movie and clearly see a success, but there is a fundamental reason as to why they didn't continue it. Fair. Number seven with a 72.33% is the amazing Spider-Man one. There we go. This one has the lowest Google like reviews. Really? Yes. So I say people don't like this one. Makes sense. And I see what they did. And I maxed about this up a while ago and I want to talk up on it, but I said, I hold my tongue. It feels like they literally just copy and pasted Spider-Man 1 from Raimi. You have a scientist who's going crazy trying to create something that can save the world. Does it upon himself. Becomes insanely evil. Spider-Man. Green villain. Green villain. (laughs) Spider-Man is trying to learn how to master his powers and also master being a teenager in high school. They have this climactic battle where the villain dies. And learns the air of his... It's just like... It was just literally that they just copy and pasted. And I think this movie's okay. I don't think it's great. Um, It's boring. It's not amazing, Spencer? Um, (laughs) I'll let you go then, Liz. I'm done. Oh, no. I'm sorry. I just... No, I do want to hear your thoughts. I have to throw that out there. No, it's a good Um, pun. That's a really good pun. (laughs) I mean, I like this movie... Is it one that I rewatch? No. Like, I don't rewatch it. I'm not like, you know what? I feel like in an amazing Spider-Man mood today. And I feel like it is because it is so similar to the Raimi Spider-Man. Because I feel like this movie is more middle of the road. It's not awful, but it's also, like, yeah. it's not great. Yeah. And I think Andrew Garfield is awesome. Like, yeah. he is a great mm-hmm. actor and... The way that he, you know, um, he's like, oh, my thing is not like, oh, you got me. You know, yeah. I think that stuff's funny because that's yeah. who Spider-Man is. Like him as Spider-Man is some of the best stuff. This version of Peter, because like, you know, there's many different versions of Peter right. because there's many different comics. And so they always focus on the one that's like, oh, he was a loser in high school. He was actually pretty popular in the comics in the 60s. Like mm-hmm. girls wanted to date him because he was nice. He was like smart. He was responsible. Like... That's a fair point. Yeah, so that's just the point that I wanted to make. No, an outcast. He's not a nerd. Mm -hmm. This is supposed to be 
a different Spider-Man altogether. This is the Amazing Spider-Man from a different comic book series altogether. Not Tobey Maguire's Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. Go with that and have him be that character yeah. and be that kid. Then I get it. But they made it so he wasn't. Yeah. And it's it's weird because I see where you're coming from. And I would have loved if they went that direction because mm-hmm. it would have completely separated yeah. the two series. Mm-hmm. But the problem was that the studio didn't want to get rid of that. Mm-hmm. They wanted Peter to be this relatable, nerdy kid. And that's fine. But you cast the wrong guy for that role. If they would have had him be... I'm the nerdy, cool guy from school. Great. He wasn't miscast. The studio just misrepresented the Spider-Man character. He did the best he could. I I do think he's a good, as as a character as a whole. I just think the studio and the screenwriting failed him. And if they would have adapted that kind of Spider-Man, it would have, one, made this movie better for audiences because they could have just seen a clear disconnect. And then it also would have made it better for him because he wouldn't be competing with the nerdier version of Toby. Yeah. I get why people in retrospect are liking his take more now because mm-hmm. I didn't know how passionate he was about playing Spider-Man oh until gosh. these past couple months. It's so sweet. So like yeah. now I think about like how much it must have sucked for him for the studio to do yeah. so dirty because he was probably so amped to play Spider-Man mm-hmm. and then they fucked him over and now We'll get to it later, but he redeemed himself. But that's because it's better writing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Again, I think the big issue here is that they just didn't know how to write for him. Yeah, I feel like just Andrew and um, he said Emma Watson, and now I can't think of her real name. Emma Stone. Emma Stone, yeah. She's she's great in these I think that they're both very good. They're just surrounded by, like, writing and Mm -hmm. a movie that just kind of, like failed them and it's just it's sad i i think the lizard is also just kind of like an n64 character yeah it's not such a horrible design yeah he's okay i like the actor i just feel like they didn't really give him much to do with other than like oh you're gonna be the sweet guy and then like right like that like you're totally evil and are like oh yes let's make all the lizard people (laughs) which is such a stupid plot freaking weird man it's so weird the the only part that i genuinely like from this movie and it's very quick is stanley's cameo where they're fighting in the library yeah we're in the library he has the headphones on that feels mm-hmm. like an mcu scene no that, that was cute that I is like by that. far and away my favorite stanley cameo ever i think yeah. it's the funniest oh, that's a hard one uh-huh. pick, but that is it's a good one i think sometimes i'm shutting the door <laughs> okay <laughs> I'm, done. I'm done with you you're done <laughs> you're done I think I think sometimes they try to give Stanley too much to do. Yeah. And I think this one's so subtle, it's just I mean not subtle, but I think yeah. it's just him just in his own little world, the things happening in the background, I think mm-hmm. it's just the most fun and memorable that I can yeah. picture. But it's just forgettable. And I hate how they like going back to how it copies Raimi's original, it it feels like it's just copy and paste the plot. Like Uncle Ben dies because Peter yeah. lets a villain go. He even has a similar line. So, like, I missed the part where that was my problem. I don't remember what it was. Just, like, it's just so similar that it doesn't feel like its own thing. Mm-hmm. And it makes sense that Andrew Garfield and Emma Stone's chemistry is the best part of the movie. Because for some reason, Mark Webb directed it. It was his second movie after 500 Days of Summer. Oh. So, it makes sense that the the romantic part of it is the best part of the movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I just think... The rest of the film is flawed because they try to mimic what Toby was doing, and yeah. it, and you just needed that separation. Yeah. And they tried that with like the whole storyline of his parents, but yep. it failed. It's awful. Don't yeah. do that again. <laughs> yeah, it's and yeah, it's just unnecessary. It's not good. Yeah. And moving on though, 
wonder what's next. Number six with a 78.5% is the movie we thought the previous one was emulating. It is Spider-Man 1. Oh, wow, really? Tobey okay. Maguire's first cool. take at the character. Uh, well, uh-huh. I disagree, but let's uh, Okay, number five. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, no, I also disagree. I think, I think this movie suffers from not knowing exactly what a 2000 superhero movie could be. I think it's still holding on to the cheesiness of the 90s super movies where you have like those large like, hi, Spider-Man, and then punches him across the screen. Like the first Green <laughs> Goblin fight where they're in like this like middle of the city. It's so corny. And it's... I love it. Okay, no, I yeah. love it. Macy yeah. Gray. Macy yeah. Gray. Like, but it just, there are parts where you can see Sam Raimi's vision when he's being created, when Peter becomes Spider-Man, those tr- uh, trials of strength, mm-hmm. the finale, but then interspersed in between are these just super weird beats where it's like you still don't know how to just make a movie i love it though oh i it's <laughs> i yeah. i always felt like the corniness was intentional because sam raimi is a huge spider-man fan so there are certain over-the-top comic mm-hmm. book lines on purpose Bone saw is ready. This movie deserves to be number one because Macho Man, Randy Savage. Ooh yeah, the Macho Man. I got you for three minutes. You ain't going nowhere. Well, this movie does Kirsten Dunst so so goddamn dirty. I she is a huge fucking wet blanket, and it's (laughs) okay. No, it's a damsel in distress. Oh yeah, I'm just the object that he's gonna go save. She has the same fucking plot in every goddamn movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm surprised that people aren't like, hey, how are you connected to Spider-Man? Because you are seen with him a lot. Yeah. Because in every single movie, she's, she's the there. one that's like, yeah. you know, hanging from a fucking building. It's mm-hmm. it's so annoying. And it makes sense. I Like I said earlier, I was 11 when this came out. Yeah. Uh, I loved it. Absolutely loved oh, yeah. it. And I asked Still my brother, it. who was like, he's eight years older than me, if he was going to go see it. He said, no, it's a teen blockbuster. And it makes sense why someone, because he was in his 20s, would think that. Because yeah. it's Kirsten Dunst fresh off Bring It On. Yeah. You know, so it's felt like Hollywood was just like, let's make a Spider-Man movie with these hot young stars. Yeah. But what I want to get into real quick, Willem Dafoe. Bro. As the Green Goblin. Yes. And so good. So good. I We're going to try to separate this from, from him in No Way Home, because that just amps up to 100. <laughs> he is... So perfect for this film. Yeah. He truly does, and I want to pair this with a film that we both love, Max. Mm-hmm. He does what Jack Nicholson does from Batman. And we just fist bump. Okay. Um, I'm too, going to disagree? give you guys a, a task. No more mentioning Batman in a Spider-Man I'm episode. So, I'm sorry. I... I get it. There's very there's a lot of similarities. You guys can. I'm just like I just want to see how many times like that's you guys fine. It'll be hundred. But okay. But the reason why we keep bringing it up is because of how influential that film was. Oh yeah. And what? I just think it's funny. And what I what I mean by that is, you needed an established older actor to completely commit mm-hmm. to the role of a supervillain because we've seen in the past other superhero films. You can even look back at the Superman movies. And Gene Hacker. Gene, yeah, like, you have to have a, a, a antagonist mm-hmm. that is truly committing to it, not over-committing and being hockey and schlocky like you see in the other Batman movies or the Blade movies or the X-Men movies. Like, 
you have Magneto, and then the rest of the gang is like goofy comic book villains. You needed a guy who could take it and just run with it in a realistic setting. Yeah. What Jack Nicholson did really well, um, he was able to be paired really well with a younger actor and just truly help take over the screen. Mm-hmm. Willem Dafoe, what what I love about him as an actor as a whole is he always just gives 100% when he's doing these movies. But like even those schlocky line deliveries where he's like, you know, I'm somewhat of a scientist myself. Oh, I love it. Or <laughs> when he's saying like, you know how much I've sacrificed? Oh, oh my God, God, that's God, the that baddest expression. Uh, yeah. Right. so scary. But like what he really does is he just, and we use this phrase a lot, understood the assignment mm-hmm. and what makes this movie great is his portrayal because i think if you have someone else in that role again struggling with amazing spider-man one where you don't have a villain who's helping the hero along it just makes the movie forgettable yeah yeah i totally agree mm-hmm. i watched a youtube video recently about his performance and why it's so good and they single out this line at the end right before he gets his clock cleaned and stabbed but when he's like trying to takes off the mask he's like it was the goblin not me and he says something like don't let it get me again and he like uh-huh. slips back into that voice yeah. it's such good acting to prove that he's fucking with him he's like don't believe him he's still the goblin because mm-hmm. his voice slips back into of the it, voice and he's yeah. doing the glider it's such good acting and that what i think is really great is that he plays two characters yeah and what and it's it's you can see the differences where you have no, I have a father. His name's Uncle Ben. Then he goes, Godspeed, Spider-Man. Like, switches right back that. in. And then when he gets stabbed, so switches good. back to Norman. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I love it so much. So, going like, it is a blockbuster. And uh, it kind of does remind me of a certain movie. Yeah. That I don't want to say the title of. Okay, oh, I'm going to say the title of it, though, because <laughs> it is very important. I, I just think it's funny. Yeah. I just I just like to point that out. Spider-Man I just wanted to point it out. One and two remind me of Batman and Batman Returns because the originals are blockbusters that were made to crowd please. They didn't know how they were going to do, but it still has hints of the director's vision. Whereas the second ones are straight their vision. But I think the difference is that Sam Raimi in the Spider-Man trilogy was more true to the first one than. Burton was that other than that, but Fair. It, and I think he wanted to make it. And I think what's great about this is, and is Sam Raimi, like you said, he loved the character. Yeah, truly did. And you can see, again, those hints in this film. Yeah, where he gives the studio what they want. Here's your big super action sequence, but then tr- but then truly <laughs> goes. Here's what Spider Man can That's be. So Here's the exploration of the character, yeah. which is what we needed. Yeah, no, I I totally agree with, like, everything you guys are saying. Like, mm-hmm. I think Willem Dafoe is the best part of this movie. I will just say the cheesy, like, <laughs> beginning when he's like, this story, and like, hi, I'm Spider-Man, and this is a story about a girl. I'm like, what the actual hell is this? Like, it is so cringe. Like, just that, that little cringe. Again, and then that the studio ending stuff. When he's walk, slow walking away from, like, you know, the funeral and stuff, and, like... Yeah. He's just like, it's my gift, my curse. I'm like, Jesus. I'm like, I can't handle this. Let me, you uh, why this movie? Oh, the Upside Down Kiss is hot. The yeah. Upside Down yes. Kiss is super Let's hot. Let's go. <laughs> 
Man, yeah, they did that That's scene good right. Stuff. Yeah. yeah, this movie has memorable uh, set sequences oh, and moments. The fight at the mm. end is so awesome. Oh, it's so good. It's not CGI bullshit. It's just wire work and stunts. Bro, in it the is dark. It is so like oh. brutal too. Yeah. Like, he gets the shit kicked out of him. Yes. It's so good. And the filming of it is great. We have slow yeah. motion moments. You yeah. have them sped up again. You have those big superhero fly mm. moments where you're going across screen, but still, it just feels like it fits what this movie really nails is the music and the score of it daniel done by danny elfman who did which movie max batman Batman. going back at it for christmas (laughs) dick tracy yeah um yeah it's but what's really i think what is very memorable for superhero movies is that titular theme Mm -hmm. dude it's it's my, it. it makes me cry every time I hear that. And like I that when it goes, no Spider-Man movie has matched it since. Yeah. You you pay homage to the comics. You make a superhero blockbuster, but then you can also have Vision too. And it mm-hmm. just took all three, mm-hmm. and it just pushed it together. This was where they said, "Okay, that's the formula," mm-hmm. and they took it and they flew with it. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. 100%. And, mm-hmm. and what's crazy too is again, Sam Raimi got to show his vision. Through it, same thing with Spider-Man, Homecoming and Far From Home and No Way Home. Mm-hmm. You have the same director who's just like, hey, yeah. this is yours. I yeah. love that. And and what the problem was is that where the MCU movies have let the director continue, mm-hmm. the studio cut him off. Yeah. And that's why Spider-Man 3 failed. Yep, exactly. Yeah. All right. I just um, want to talk about the jump scares in this movie. Bro, there's so many. And they're awesome. <laughs> it's they're Sam so Raimi. That, one of my favorite jump scares of all time in any movie is, Dad, what happened last night? Last night, I just... Yeah, oh my god, yeah. I and don't then, remember. Um, I, I love, love the that. fire scene where he's going, and then it's like the... Rah! Like yeah. the screaming woman, but then it's like the green goblin yeah. and like the shawl. Like, what the hell? Yep. No, and I love that. The best like, jump scare of them all, Aunt May is just praying. Oh my god. <laughs> and her entire house blows up. I love that. She sounds like Mermaid Man. Yeah. <laughs> it's so I love this movie. I love this movie too. I think... Top I, yeah, I think this would be a little bit higher on my list. I do think there's one that's uh, for sure underneath it, in my opinion. But we're going to move on. Number five, with an 80.5%, oh, it is Spider-Man Homecoming. Okay. This is Hold Tom on. Holland's first... Got a costume okay. change. change. She's switching to her second Far From Home shirt. Yeah. There we go. Um, All right, I'm ready. Good Lord. <laughs> Who makes those? The same person is like... Dude, yeah, just everybody who's obsessed. She has shirts that are covered with Spider-Man faces. Yeah, it's just the same. Yeah, but (laughs) this is Tom Holland's first take at a solo film. I like that it's him struggling with again the idea of how to be a hero, how to have an anonymity, and then how to be myself. And I like this one again. Going back to what. The Raimi movie does really well, the the first two, and Batman and Superman, is they bring in an actor like Michael Keaton to play, ironically enough, who is Batman. Oh my god. Uh, (laughs) But they bring him in, what we've seen in the past, which is great, he is just a man, he's a villain of circumstance, and you even to the beginning, where he's just trying to clean up job and make some money for his family. The government steps in the way, and he's not trying to hurt anybody. It just ends up going to shit. But his portrayal is amazing. But let's talk about Tom's first foray into the uh, into the suit. Technically, for a full time, uh, he's, he's obviously been in civil war, but this yeah. is the first time that he got yeah. 
the movie. Yeah. Liz, you take the lead on this I, one. I love Tom Holland as Peter Parker as Spider-Man. That's probably not a surprise to anybody. You know, Tony is kind of overshadowing him and stuff like that. That's why I like this movie is because it starts off like that, but then at the end he has his original suit. Yes. He has the iconic, like, you know... Like, come on, Spider-Man, you can do this with the, um, like, the bricks on him, which is, like, an iconic imagery of Spider-Man. Mm. So, in the end, even though people are like, oh, my God, I like Tony Stark, meh, nah. Tony sucks. P- Spider-Man, like, breaks away from that, and then he's able to grow more, and that's why I like this. It's great that they took a completely different twist on a superhero origin story, because we could have just gotten, he got bit. Here's what happened. Walk through the thing. Yeah. It's him still being a goofy kid. I was in the Avengers. I was doing this. Here's my videos. Blah, 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 blah. And then he has to learn. Strip that away. I need to be a hero. Well, I feel like he also grows from that, too. Like, he's the one that wants to be out there with the big team. Like, oh, when's my yeah. next mission? Like, I, I want to do something other than be the friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. But in the end, that's what he grows into. He's like, no, 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 I'm actually comfortable with this. Like, right. this is what I want to do. Yeah. Yeah, but what do you think of this movie, Max? absolute blast. Yeah, isn't it so much fun? Like, it's not my favorite Spider-Man movie. Mm-hmm. Even when I saw it, I saw it, like, a week after it was released, and everyone was raving about it. And I remember mm-hmm. walking, and I was like... The score was forgettable. It didn't have many memorable set pieces, but it's still like, how do you not like this movie? Yeah. And like, I like the MCU. I'm kind of burnt out on it, honestly. But I think some of the jokes are commercialized because that's what they're known for. Mm -hmm. Whereas the humor in this movie comes from a natural place. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I'll never forget Hamble Burris as the gym teacher. When he's showing that Captain America video. Oh my god, yes. When he shuts off the TV and he's just like, yeah, that guy's a war criminal or something. But I have to show these. (laughs) It's like, that's such a good joke. Yeah. It's so, it doesn't feel like a forced MCU, like, serious moment joke. It's just him saying something funny. Mm -hmm. It's such a fun movie. And Tom Holland, I I don't know, it's hard to pick my favorite Spider-Man. But he's definitely, his take is great. Yeah, in every single yeah. every single time he plays, it's like Marty McFly. As oh my god, yeah, yeah. he's a good cute. Thing. Yeah, he he's got a real Michael yeah, J. Fox yeah. presence to him. Because and... like these movies do feel like a like a touch of like eighties like high mm-hmm. school like yep. drama kind of yeah. like romantic comedy kind of thing. Yeah, and Michael Keaton rules that scene Dude. in the car is one of the best scenes in Bro. MCU. The yeah. cinematography of that and then the direction of it, where they're at the stoplight mm-hmm. and he's talking Dude. in the back seat. And the stoplight's red. Mm-hmm. And then as soon as Michael Keaton realizes that he's seeing Spider-Man, the light turns green Bro. and it's right on his face. And that's when he, it, like, it's such a cool little moment. Like, mm-hmm. that's, it's so well done. And then Michael Keaton being like, gotta have the guy talk. And yeah. then how sinister his, to- very similar to Green Goblin, mm-hmm. where it's like, you can just see his mood shift. Dude, and like he pulls out the gun and stuff. Yep. Like that's what I like about this trilogy is that there's like high stakes. Like literally, he says, "I'm gonna kill him," and then Mysterio's like, "I'm gonna kill him," and it's like scary. Like yeah. it's kind of scary. I'm like, oh yeah. my god! Like these grown ass men uh-huh. are gonna try to kill this kid. My yeah. my the one moment that's like really not talked about is Vulture literally kills a dude and goes, "You're the shocker now," and then just tosses yeah, the dude. fucking shocker yeah. gauntlets. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. yeah. That twist was genuinely surprising. I, when I didn't I, see it coming at all. Dude, One it of makes the me best smile moments. every yeah. time. So I love lovable. MJ. Yeah. Like, she's just like, oh, you guys are, like, weird. And just, like, you know, like, sitting there <laughs> well, with Well, the her twist of her being stuff. MJ at the end is a fun little twist. Oh, it's so cute. I also like how it was, like, a subtle bit of fan service to have Donald Glover in there. Because yeah, I don't know if you guys remember uncle, that. Yeah, he was... he's literally the reason why Miles Morales exists. Exactly. Like, it's Because, nuts. technically, if we're talking about canon, he is the Prowler. Meow. That's the same character. Dude, I can't. Oh, yeah. Aaron Davis. 
the Prowler. I love the Prowler. So the Prowler from yeah, yeah, yeah that's I, techni- I know, technically technically is mm-hmm. Charles yeah. Gambino. But like, I don't know if you guys remember when Amazing Spider-Man was announced. There was a lot of people on the internet like cast Donald Glover, yeah. and then a bunch of other people that were like, no, <laughs> I'm like you whispered that. Yeah, <laughs> but so and funny. Donald Glover yeah. has a funny bit about it in his stand-up. But like, yeah, I think he would have made a good Peter Parker, hundred percent, or Miles Morales, whoever mm-hmm. you want. So it was nice to just have him in there. Yeah, like yeah. Hollywood was like, I don't know if we're As ready like for a, a live-action African-American Spider-Man yet, but still be in this movie i do really like this movie i think this one's like you guys said it's fun it feels fresh yeah it feels so for like it's so di- because we don't have that same origin story like we're okay everybody knows who fucking peter parker is let's just go off of that and keep going yeah. and i think so it's it, nice it's like refreshing you it know perfectly builds off of what civil war ends at if you're nothing with a suit then you shouldn't have it it's that moment of it's, it's very similar to with great power comes great responsibility line but it's mm-hmm. so unique and it hits home where it's like look Spider-Man is not everything you need to be. Like, yeah. you have to understand that there's a difference. Like, when yeah. I take the Iron Man suit off, and you learn that Iron Man too, yeah. I'm not Iron Man. Mm-hmm. And you have to understand that you, if you don't have the suit, like, it's okay. Because yeah. you're always going to be, like, and I, I, that's a very pivotal moment that I really mm-hmm. enjoy. All right, Great. number yeah. four with an 81.16% is Spider-Man Far From Home. All right, yeah. This is the one that I would put lower on my list. Yeah, I, I love Far From Home. I think home. this is, <laughs> no, I know. I, it's a lot yeah. of fun. I, but what I mean by that is I think Homecoming is better. Yeah. And I oh, think yeah. Spider-Man 1 is better. I would Wait, put this oh. at number six for me. Yeah. I, I don't know. I just it am, feels like a Disney movie. It in does. In my opinion. I don't know. Like, this one's weird for me. I remember seeing it going, it's not bad. There are moments in this that I like. I love Mysterio. I love how he's struggling to grieve over the loss of Tony. Yeah. And how that builds his character. But I feel like some stuff is just like ham-fisted thrown in there where I'm like, that just doesn't make sense. Wait, and, like, like what do you think is like, I'm, cu- I'm curious. As am I. No. I think him just automatically giving the only item that he has from Tony to this random ass dude that helped save him is so stupid. And the plot has been like, well, you're in the next Tony Stark. If you truly lost, like, okay, so if you lost someone that mm-hmm. meant a lot to you, left you that. You know what those are. Mm-hmm. And to immediately be like, can't do this. This is for you. Yeah. It just feels, and I get a lot of resp- uh, responsibility given to him. <laughs> but like, <laughs> it just feels very out of left field for the character we've learned and grown with. I can is, see that. He is a teenager. He's a child. <laughs> <laughs> I was just he is. Yeah. But he's we've learning. seen that, but we've seen that Tom is not. Mm-hmm. We had seen it through Endgame, Infinity yeah. War, and Homecoming. I'm just, yeah. It kind of just backtracks the character that we grew uh-huh. with in Homecoming, which yeah. just feels a little strange to me. And I, I do, and, and I, I, and I just feel like, whereas Homecoming has fun beats in the middle, this one just kind of feels a little slower for me. I think it's so funny. <laughs> like, um, like you uh, to kind of backtrack a little bit. You were saying like, I mean, even Nick Fury was kind of like tricked by mysterio like mysterio is very charismatic that wasn't nick fury though that was true that's the biggest thing is like because that's what i thought about i was like oh someone's smart like it's not nick fury i don't know how i feel about that Mm -hmm. i guess you're right but um going back to how funny this movie i like the the beginning sequence with the in memoriam and then it's like the the, and then they have the fucking pixelated photo of of vision because they couldn't get a 
high res. Yeah. It's just subtle shit like that yeah. that I think is so funny. And then um, when the teacher's on the plane, he's like, oh, yeah, did I tell you that my wife faked blipping? And she went <laughs> she went off with her yoga instructor. <laughs> and he's just telling him this tragic story on the plane. Yeah. While he's like trying to be with MJ, I just think it's so funny. There's just like funny shit in this movie I agree. that <laughs> just kills I like me. This movie. Yeah, I, I didn't say I didn't like oh, this no, movie. You're, just, you're saying it's not high. I just I, like Spider-Man high. One yeah. and, and Homecoming more. I honestly think Homecoming and this movie are neck and neck. Like, yeah. well, in the rankings, they are for me. Right, they're right. like this. It's just a yeah. perfect continuation of that movie. I think. I like the black and red suit. Yeah. I like the part on the plane when I know that it's like the Iron Man Jr. shit or whatever, but when he's fabricating his new suit I and he's like, I love Led Zeppelin. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Shit's so good. They do a great job of making him feel like a modern teenager. Yeah. And that what that's what's really great is that, I mean, I know for us we're probably like, oh, kids, because we're older than that, obviously, mm-hmm. but I can easily see how a younger generation could relate a hundred percent to this character. And that's mm-hmm. what I think Tom Holland does so well. That's why yeah. I think he's so miscast and uncharted, but that's just another point for another time. I just think that he, he's a great actor in this role mm-hmm. and he really, like I said, he took the best parts of the previous Spider-Man and he looked at teen comedies and he looked at how to modernize it and having the guys at the MCU and the director and everybody behind him, really just helped create this wonderful ball of uh, Spider-Man and Peter Parker together. Uh, And this movie does a great job of giving him a chance to shine on his own. Some of the sequences of Mysterio were perfectly done. Dude, like, yeah, when he's like... it's taking this long to bring that character. Right. I didn't mention him earlier. No, I love that whole sequence (laughs) when he's, like, falling through the glass and then, like, the Eiffel Tower, the green smoke, like, the spider Uh eyes becoming, like, the legions of mysterios just walking and then the um tony stark like zombified Mm -hmm. tony stark is so sick Um, it's so good john watts he said that he wanted to make that his large marge scene for kids it's horrifying it is so scary so i saw this movie twice in theaters because i saw it first like a week after it came out with my friend jordan i was talking about earlier he's like let's he'd already seen it he's like you're gonna like this and we saw it and literally the power went out at the theater uh, about 10 minutes before the end of the movie. And I was, like, invested. I mm-hmm. didn't think I was going to like it because Endgame came out, like, two months before. Endgame blew my mind. And I was like, that should be it for the MCU. I like good endings. That was a good ending. So I was like, I don't really want to see this. But then halfway through, I was one over. And then the power went out. Oh, no. And I remember, like, this guy walks in and goes, yeah, so the power's out. We'll give you all free tickets. Nice. So we were leaving, and my friend Jordan was like, I'm really bummed that that power went out because I wanted to see your reaction to the end credits. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So a few days later with my free tickets, me and Brady took my nephews to see it and the end credits blew my mind. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. Jonah J- Jameson, but yeah, I'll never so forget. Cool. That's a great addition. My nephews loved it. And I remember sitting next to him during the um, zombie scene. You know how kids talk a lot. They kept saying stuff throughout the movie, but that part, they were silent and the zombie Tony Stark <laughs> came out. And I just remember my nephew Graham goes, Whoa, <laughs> that was weird oh my god so like it? maybe it scared the shit out of him yeah <laughs> but I think this movie's a blast I love Jake Hall in it and like I know for comic book readers the twist you saw it coming but I was so emotionally invested in the story that I guess I didn't see it coming and they handled it so well yeah I love when he puts the glasses on and he just goes what does he say like this worked or something yeah I yeah oh my god like the the shift between like 
like the acting it's it's the same thing with like the green goblin you know like yeah. the two different yeah. personalities like him being mysterio and mm-hmm. then him being like this crazy like you know person that was wronged by tony i i believe that tony stark is the oscorp to this series because yeah. he creates so many fucking villains in the MCU, yeah. that like other people have to solve their problems. Yeah, but it's a smart way. Oh, it's amazing! To I adapt love it. because yes. I think you could have just played the same old story of mm-hmm. having Oscorp make all these things. Yeah. and like I mean, we mentioned it in No Way Home. He's like, Oscorp's not even here. I get my home's not even yeah. here. Like, oh yeah. and I I love it though because it's 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 a retelling in the best way. Hundred percent. That the true uh, like catalyst for all this, including Spider Man, is Tony, Tony Stark, <laughs> and. I don't mind this one. I think it is fun, and I love the sequences mm-hmm. they build. So, let's see. Number three, with an eighty-four point five percent, it is tied for the highest Metacritic fan is Spider-Man Two. Let's okay. go. Okay. This is Fair number enough. one in my book. Yeah, me too. It's not even a debate. This is honestly for me, one in my for opinion, me in superhero movies in general. And I came to this conclusion mm-hmm. last week when I rewatched it. This movie is perfect. For, like, it's a perfect superhero movie, top yeah. to bottom. I, where I think. The next two do something better that this one doesn't. I agree that this is the best superhero like drama. It's easily top. My okay, I put it in the ranks of Dark Knight, Civil War, and this movie. They're kind of in their own category. Where it 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 strays away from the necessary of being a superhero movie. Mm-hmm. Whereas the Into the Spider Verse and No Way Home are great with being a superhero movie and fan service and still being a good movie. I think this one. It, what what it does so well is what sequels superhero movies need to do really well. We mentioned this with The Dark Knight. We mentioned this with X-Men 2. And you can look at some of the MCU movies, especially Winter Soldier. And it takes what the first did really well and then completely goes, you know what? I don't need to be like schlocky superhero film. I can make a genre film. This is a hardcore drama where this man is just literally struggling with his identity. And the parts where Peter is just like, I can't be Spider-Man anymore. Like, I just physically can't. And the scene where the Spider-Man suit's in the garbage, and he realizes that he just can't be what the city needs. And then to completely change that into the scene on the train, that makes me cry every time. Where he's like, I can be what the city needs, uh, and I can be myself because the city just needs me. Um, and when they carry him, say, be careful, he's a hero. And then all the city, after they've revolted against him, and they say, he's just the same age as my son. Like, it's so good because it's it just does what we've never seen before in a superhero movie. It just completely changes what they need, what they can be. It's human. Yeah. There are so many human moments in this. Like, when he tells Aunt May what happened, Uncle Ben, silent. And it's just a take, single take of Tobey Maguire acting. It's so good. I don't know. I think the, what I like about this movie and what the MCU does really well and what I think No Way Home does really well as well is they let the actors act. Yeah. Those scenes feel genuine. Even Mary Jane, although she's kind of schlocky, this feels genuine. <laughs> okay, it feels genuine because yeah. in this movie, she actually is showing anger up here. Like, this, I, I can't take it anymore. Like, you just, like, you're not talking anymore. This isn't working. And she, she actually gets something to do. And it would be exactly what we would be in that situation. Like, what is going on? Like, you say you love me. You say you don't. You're here. You're not. What are we anymore? Yeah. The air, it, I just love this movie. But Liz, we've talked a lot about this. Yeah. I want to no, hear your fine. thoughts I have about more this. I to say, but I'm yeah, no, please. I just, like, I just, I'm glad that you guys love this movie. I also do. It's just not as high up on my list because yeah. I prefer the first movie more. Okay. Um, 
I Alfred Molina's amazing, like yeah. the power of the sun in the palm of my hand. Like, girl, like tell me that every day. Um <laughs> please. Um, I actually watched the extended version mm-hmm. where um Jamin actually puts on the suit yeah, in yeah. his office yeah. is brilliant. That's um funny. obviously I love the pizza time. <laughs> pizza time? I'm sorry, I had to you guys are like, oh yes, it's such a serious drama. Pizza time. Um, what was it? The raindrops are falling oh. on my head. And then there's that freeze frame. Yeah. And then he keeps walking. Yeah. Like, it's awesome. I love it. Yeah. But I just, um I just had to bring those up because I love those yeah. parts of the movie. Um, and then my favorite scene of the entire thing is um, when they're trying to remove the um, the arms. The, the, the horror hospital. scene. It is. It's Evil Dead. Awesome. It's yeah. awesome. The, it's so good. Like, yes, that's my favorite that part of the whole movie. That woman getting dragged across the ground. <gasps> and like her nails. It's amazing. Oh my but gosh. But that's what Sam Raimi can add. And that's yeah. why I think it's so great about this movie is that they let him go 100% with his vision mm-hmm. and instead of doing like we always say with uh, Superman 2 with Richard Donner and yeah. Spider-Man 2 or uh, Batman uh, Returns with Tim Burton he but okay but what's really important no, he said it, not me. It's what's, no, but what's really <laughs> what I said was really important yeah. is that they let the director's vision go uh-huh. and where Superman 2 completely fails and they, they stepped in Richard Donner's way mm-hmm. and didn't let him and then Batman Returns they literally let him go and then said well you probably should have done something this one, both of them were in lockstep. The Sony and Sam were just together. Yeah. And and that's why I think I love about the MCU, mm-hmm. that it just does the same thing. It's yeah. wonderful. And I, I love that we have those horrific elements. Mm-hmm. And I love that watching Peter struggle is the main plot point. Mm-hmm. And you have moments where it's like happy song playing, he's cheery, yeah. and then immediately cut to... Something different where he can't handle that he mm-hmm. can't help. Yeah. And then you go right to the Aunt May scene. It's so good. And like I'm happy you brought up the comedy because yeah. this movie does drama, action, comedy effortlessly. It Nothing feels forced. The pacing is perfect from start to finish. Like, that, I love the raindrops are falling on my yeah. head scene. That pause is so funny. And you <laughs> so can tell funny. Sam Raimi just put it in there just I because. The, just because he thought it was funny. Yeah, the you elevator know? scene is also oh, really mm-hmm. good. <laughs> Yeah, featuring I Love the 80s, Hal Sparks. I like to keep bringing up I Love the 80s, but yes, it is I Love the 80s. I Love the 80s, 90s, 70s, all that crap. But um, that's another thing. Like, when I watched this last week, there are so many just random actors in here that, like... Because this was huge. Like, um, on the train scene, there's Joey Diaz, the comedian. There's uh, Phil Lamar from Mad TV, um, Hal Sparks. Mm -hmm. Uh, uh, Emily Deschanel as the receptionist. Um, yeah, there's just so many random people that pop in. And Elizabeth JJ, Banks. Yeah, Elizabeth Banks. Um, JJ from JJ's Diner, Parks and Rec. Yeah, he's oh the my guy God, that sells yeah. the. I didn't realize this. That's stuff. so funny. But um, this movie's so good. J. Jonah Jameson's hilarious. Mm-hmm. Hilarious. Every line he has is perfectly acted. Um, and then I just like. Let's bring up J.K. Simmons real quick because we haven't talked about yeah. him. So he yeah. is perfect. When I think of actors in superhero films that were perfectly cast. He's near the top. Like, oh, yeah. Robert Downey Jr.'s Iron Man is always going to be up there. J.K. Simmons is going to be up there. I think uh, Henry Cavill's Superman is right there. Like, there are, there are actors that fall effortlessly into the role they're given. And yeah. he, as being a background character, is so good. Yeah. Willem yeah. Dafoe is the Green Goblin. Yeah. Like, the, he just perfectly fits. Yeah. And 
I love that they brought him back to connect the universes together in a sense. And he feels like that shitty boss that we've all had. Yeah. <laughs> but he's so charismatic, it's like he can get away with it, you yeah. know? <laughs> I love this movie. It gets better every single time I watch it. Yeah, it's a great movie. I'm just looking through my notes. I like at the end that, uh, like you said, like a, a Mr. Freeze situation with Doc Ock, like turning good and yeah. like destroying his, um, like his creation and everything like that and him dying with it. I think it's just a movie about good people, honestly, fight, trying to fight their demons. Like everybody yeah, in this movie a is a good point. person. Mm-hmm. They have their moments of darkness, but they kind of learn from them, except for Harry. Harry's the only one who goes down that path and never comes back. Yeah. I think the only bad people in this movie are probably J. Jonah Jameson. He's a dickhead. And um, Peter's landlord. Where was he in No Way Home? Yeah, now, he's he ultimate knows who Peter sick. is. He should have been in there. I did yeah, want I that twist to be, and I feel like it would have been way too much at the end of No Way Home, but when Peter's getting his apartment, if he was the landlord, Bitch, but it would have been too that much. That would have been yeah. so good. Cool. Um, I would have loved that. promises were crackers, my daughter would be fat. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, well, what a way to end that one. But okay, <laughs> so here's where it gets interesting. I want to mention this. Yeah. We clearly have two left. Yeah. They're cut from the same cloth. Mm-hmm. Into the Spider-Verse and Spider-Man No Way Home, where it explores other Spider-Men from different universes working together to stop a catastrophic event that would destroy everything. They're separated by 0.16%. What? Now, before we get into this, I want a gut reaction and a reason why you like which one over the other. Max, I already know your answer. Why don't you start? Um, I like into the Spider-Verse more because it feels more natural. It doesn't feel as uh, fan service-y. Liz? I don't, like, I literally, I love both so much, mm-hmm. you know? Like, they're both, like, my top two, like, honestly. So, yeah. I feel like I just, I don't know, I feel like I like... No Way Home more because it respects what came before it and all the characters together. Like, I love Into the Spider-Verse, but, like, you know, all the Spider-Man showing up at the end, like, you get their backstory and stuff like that. But, like, I just feel like because we had been with Toby and Andrew so much longer so that that payoff of Andrew saving MJ is just so much, it hits so much harder for me personally. So, yeah. I've juggled this back and forth because they are totally completely different. Oh, yeah. Spider-Man and Spider-Verse is hilarious. Oh, yeah. And it's one of the best anime movies, I, I think, ever, mm-hmm. I would even say. No Way Home is definitely the perfect culmination of everything we just talked about. Yeah. And what's great is that it understands what was good about the previous ones without yeah. bastardizing, except for like one character gets kind of ridiculously just thrown in there for no reason. But... I would probably say No Way Home, but I would be a coin flip every single day. Yep. All right. Number two is Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse with an 89%. It is the highest Rotten Tomato critic and Metacritic critic. Max's face is very interesting to me. Save your thoughts on why No Way Home should not be number one. I want to talk about the merits that this movie has. This, and again, what's crazy, is the only animated movie on the list, obviously. And animated movies are sometimes really hard. Because we're so used to Disney and Pixar and DreamWorks and kind of the Illumination style things. Illumination! Yeah, this is a modern... And and in the era of MCU and uh, DC movies and all these superhero films, making an animated quirky comedy about a Spider-Man we've never seen in Miles Morales and making it that coming-of-age story in a sense, but doing it completely different... And having it be animated in a very unique style 
is a humongous risk. And the fact that it's so high up here, one Academy Award for Best Motion uh, Animated Motion Picture is a testament to how good this movie actually is. Yeah. I think it's genuinely gorgeous. The way they shift art styles, what Mike brought up to me when we were doing the Best Superhero Bracket episode, when Peter Parker is swinging on his webs, he is swinging in a set frame rate. Miles is a slower frame rate in his, how he's animated. So he is jumpier. He is not as fluid. And that represents how he is not a Spider-Man yet. And he mm-hmm. is truly not grasping it. So how he's drawn is literally different than how Peter's drawn. Then when he changes into Spider-Man, his frame rate catches up. And he is drawn so cool. in the correct speed. Yeah. So not only are you watching it on screen grow, the actual drawing of him is different. I think that's just beautiful. Mm-hmm. Absolutely gorgeous. And also, love uh, female Doc Ock. Shout out to that. Yeah. Bro, yeah, she's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Talk about a great twist, too. Yeah. Anywho, um, someone else John, jump yeah. in? <laughs> Max, go for it, man. I think this movie's incredible. It really is. Yeah. This should have been called The Amazing Spider-Man, because it right? really is amazing. <laughs> I went through a phase where I could not decide if Spider-Man 2 or this movie was better, because it's such a fresh take. Yeah. on a movie we've seen a million times and it knows it it's so meta and it tells us right from the beginning and then it's since it does that it's like let's get this out of the way guys and i think mm-hmm. in that respect it's kind of for people who are burnt out on superhero movies it feels like the animated deadpool in yeah. a sense yeah. exactly where it's like we know we're a superhero movie but we're not so let's get that shit out of the way and let's go into a different type of movie mm-hmm. and the fact it gets it out of the way makes it so it can tell its own story and I think I finally decided Spider-Man 2 is better because it tells a singular Spider-Man story. But this movie, the way that it tells its story is so unique and ahead of its time. Because now everyone's doing the multiverse. Yeah. But, like, the way they did it was so cool. And once everything starts going to shit, it's so weird. And Nicolas yeah. Cage and John Mulaney come in. Yeah. And I love Jake Johnson's vocal performance as... Um, Peter Parker. I think he does a great job. He's hilarious. And the scene where the Prowler, right? Yeah. He dies um, when his dad's at his door telling him. It's one of the best voice acting I've ever heard. It's so sad. The voice cast in this is top tier. Mahershala Ali is the Prowler. Amazing. Uh, Then Jake Johnson. Um, so funny. And then... Well, I want to go in real quick. I'm watching <laughs> New Girl with Teresa, and I've never seen much of Jake Johnson. To see that schlocky character as Nick, this goofball. <laughs> He's hilarious. To then, like, see him as, like, an amazing Peter Parker. He's yeah. just, like, completely given up on life and everything. When you cut from the... And it's so great how he plays it, because we had just seen Chris Pine yeah. as the first Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. That's oh, Chris yeah. Pine. Yeah. About that. And how confident his is in comparison yeah. then nick cage just ham it up and that they and he again ham in the great up. way then to ham it up all <laughs> the way john mulaney uh but then who i don't know the voice actors who Haley steinfeld for fucking gwen. Oh, yes Haley steinfeld for gwen. love yes. spider gwen that's a cast she's but, so awesome but what i want to just briefly mention is those two others uh Shamik Moore I don't know how to say his first name unfortunately yeah Miles Morales amazing oh dope is good yeah Um, and then to go off of what you were just saying Brian Tyree Henry yeah his dad yeah but his father yeah excellent 
Yeah. Excellent. So excellent. Mm-hmm. And I just genuinely love, like you said, those little subtle moments when they're talking. It feels human. And when you have an animated movie that's drawn so otherworldly, mm-hmm. to be human at its core is so huge. Yeah. And I, I genuinely love it. I also love the little notes in the background. Like when he throws the bagel that he stole, yeah. it hits him on the head. And then, yeah, there's a little voice box that says bagel on the person in the, <laughs> so in the background. Good. It's a comic book. Yeah. And exactly. Yeah. It draws itself like comic book. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like uh, when Kingpin is like clicking his pen when he's walking, you see yeah. the little little lines yes. and the clicks. Yeah. I love it. Ahead of its time, revolutionary that now everyone's trying to do it with the multiverse. Yeah. And it's just like, I feel like the stakes were so high too. Like literally Chris Pine's Peter Parker is killed. Like I was sobbing in the theater like yeah. kingpin to me is one of the scariest villains they make him time. so he scary is horrifying like also, even um, in the daredevil show like flashback. he scares me yeah. so much oh, the daredevil show he's yeah, terrifying he's, so he's one who is he played at um, i don't know leaf schreiber. schreiber yeah what the fuck <laughs> what a great casting yeah. too um just overall mm-hmm. amazing portrayals all across yeah. the board yeah the Prowler, the music. The music for the Prowler is my favorite thing. The like, I love the music so much for the Prowler. He is like terrifying to me yeah. just because that music and how fast he is. Like, I love the Prowler so yeah. much. Yeah. Oh and my gosh. Com- I love when he gets bit by when Miles gets bit by the spider. Yeah, it's like a little it's, glowy spider. It's something we've seen before a couple times. So it zooms in on it's all blah blah blah, and then it just shows him flick it off. No, I love he like, looks so nonchalant. Joke. Yes, <laughs> and you can feel it's uh, Phil Lord and Christopher Miller. Yep, the guys behind Lego Movie and Twenty One oh, nice. Jump Street. Yeah, you can tell they had a hand in it because they're so good at that type of comedy. Like I love their work, and mm-hmm. I think you can feel their touch in this movie. It's so, it's so much fun. The villains, because again, Kingpin's sympathetic story. Yeah. Uh, everybody is just so well acted. I love Gwen Stacy in this kind of being the, because she is the one who's truly teaching everybody how to be mm-hmm. the spider person mm-hmm. that they need to be. Yep. Yeah. I, I truly love this movie. It's so rewatchable. If you haven't seen this because it's animated, you're doing yourself a disservice. Dude, yeah. Because it's well genuinely. Mm-hmm. Oh, it should have won best. Probably, arguably, at least been nominated for Best Picture. I agree. That would have been awesome. I don't remember what one in 2018. Oh, Green Book. Oh, 100% this is better than Green Book. I mean, oh, like, what the now, fuck? Like, it, <laughs> it should have been... Uh, Black Panther's a good movie. It really is. I think it's better than Black but Panther. in oh, terms of superhero 100%. movies from 2018, Black Panther shouldn't have been nominated for Best No, this Panther. should have been. Yep, yeah. Exactly. But the, the Oscars always do it. Uh, they don't like anim- uh, nominating animated films all yeah, the time. That's why they got their own category. Yep. Yeah. But, but yeah. no, I think this movie genuinely deserves a spot. It could easily yeah. be coin flipped to number one. Mm-hmm. But number one is clearly Spider-Man No Way Home with an 89.16%. It is the highest IMDb. Highest Rotten Tomato fan, the highest Google like, and tied for Metacritic fan with Spider-Man 2. Now, Max Max has been holding his tongue. He texted me after he saw this movie. And how many times have we all seen it? Once. Three times? So I'm twice. So I'm interested to hear our opinions on this. Max? Yeah, no, go for it, man. Take it away. Uh... Should I? Yeah, no. Do you want us to go first? Because I don't like it. Okay. (laughs) So I want you guys to praise it No, I I feel like let's get the negativity. (laughs) I will say it was a blast and it made me smile a lot because I love the older movies. There was Uh so much fan service 
And it was like the perfect gift for what humanity has gone through the past two years. Like, because so many people hadn't been in the movies since mm-hmm. before the pandemic. So it was like the perfect movie for us all to come back together and watch in a theater. Because it, mm-hmm. it was a blast. Yeah. And like, if you grew up on Spider-Man movies, there were so many moments for you to smile. So many fan service moments. But that's the reason why I don't like it. I think it was fan service, the movie. See, here's my thing I know about you is that you don't like fan service. I, I think when it's handled well, I like it. But this one, I felt like, like Endgame, fan service done well because it was 10 years of building up to these moments. So all the loose ends were tied up. Whereas this just felt like, hey, let's just throw in all these old characters. Here's the thing. I feel like this is 20 years of fan service tied up. Here's why. Because it feels like the natural story arc that Tobey Maguire did not get. It is the ending to the movies that we didn't get to see in Spider-Man 4. It is the ending to Andrew Garfield that we never were given because they gave up on him. And it is the ending of the home trilogy and this younger Peter Parker of Tom Holland. Mm -hmm. It didn't bastardize any character except for Lizard was completely useless. And Sandman. Sandman was misguided. And that's why I said... I like the Sandman. Okay, I like the Sandman, (laughs) but he has weird motives that's why i said if he was the hero to help in spider-man 3 as much as harry would then it would make more sense that he helps and he goes you know what peter then cj's attacking he's like whoa 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 like this is not then it'll make a little more sense but i love how we explore the mistrust that doc ock would have I love that we explore, in a way darker sense, the true nature of how the Green Goblin and Harry Osborn, or and how the Green Goblin and Norman Osborn can't work together, and the psychological aspect of that. I love that we see the emotional damage finally paying off for Andrew Garfield's Spider-Man and how broken he is. Yeah. I love how we see that Tobey Maguire has learned from all of his mistakes and has his line where he says, trying to do better. Because he understands that yeah. everything he did before, he just wasn't trying just to be the better man. He was just trying to be his best. Mm-hmm. And I love that we finally see him be like Jake Johnson's character in Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, where he's like, hey, look, I don't need to be this amazing Spider-Man, pun intended. I just <laughs> need to be the best I can be. And I love that we see Tom Holland finally understand how to process his grief and emotions. Because he's still not over Tony's death. He's yeah. still like dealing with it now and then when you see aunt may's death Mm -hmm. he doesn't understand how to process that he can't have it all and he's gambling with that still and you thought he had that in in far from home he can't gamble being spider-man mj ned being a kid being known as spider-man he just can't handle it and at the end of the movie it's the great ending where it's like look understand what this truly means they've shown me that I can be my own person and be Spider-Man and be okay. And I love how this movie truly takes all that in two and a half hours and ties it up. I will say, just a little bit more, but I think Andrew Garfield was the best part of this movie. And I feel like more than it was a good uh, ending for his character, I think it was a good ending for him. Like he finally got to come out and just give it the ending he wanted. Whereas Toby, 
I felt like he was in it for the paycheck. The the smirk he has on his face when he steps out of the part portal is kind of like, okay, so this is where Hollywood's come, huh? I guess we're just but that's rehashing. always been, but that's always been his character. I know. I will say, I think I like the story of everyone knowing who Spider Man is, and I think they could have handled it in a better way. I love this movie. Yeah. I what I feel like is with the other Peters, we knew uh, Ben for like. Maybe a half hour, 20 minutes of the movie, he was gone. We were able to build up that relationship with Aunt May, so then when we lost her in this movie, it was a, it was a lot harder to handle, yeah. just like how Peter is handling it. So I feel like the buildup of that character and their relationship was a better payoff of when she, you know, dies, mm-hmm. then that's really the... Like, Aunt May is Uncle Ben in this trilogy. Yeah. yeah. And I feel like that's awesome. Like, this is the origin story for Peter. Mm-hmm. And... I don't know, I just I was just so moved, man. I, like I was just crying the whole time. Yeah. My little avocado at law, Matt Murdoch showed up. Like yeah, that, I was dying. Was I was like Here's my one uh, gripe with that. Who the fuck threw that brick? They threw it five floors up <laughs> through the perfect window. And it was a fast brick. Right. Exactly. <laughs> fast brick. Um Hawkeye. Seriously. <laughs> um I do want to just briefly mention what I think is amazing is Green Goblin is the perfect villain because we can see that Peter is um, Tom's Peter. Mm-hmm. Uh, this new Peter. <laughs> uh, Peter, Peter. Peter two. The comedy in this Peter is one. so good. We're like, Peter, we're all Peter. Parker, Peter, Peter Parker. Parker. Yeah. We're all Peter. Yeah. I love the, them together. is amazing. We'll get into that in a bit. Yeah. But what I think is great is that we see that the Green Goblin has an effect on Norman's emotions yeah. and can play off of that. Yeah. So to have him be the villain that is just truly sticking the knife in that's yeah. like, take it to that mm-hmm. spot, Peter. Like, you know you want to snap because all mm-hmm. the world is crumbling upon you. No one gives a shit about you. Yeah. They all want you to fail. Aunt May is dead. The world is going to, like, just give in to what I have taken. Like, that, mm-hmm. like it's the perfect villain. And Willem Dafoe, amazing, he's... did all of his own stunts. Really? Yeah. He literally said he would not come back if he couldn't do his stunts. That's amazing. No, he's right. brilliant in this I movie. I had no idea. Right. And so all those fight sequences is yeah. literally Willem Dafoe. That guy's the goat. Right. Yeah. There are obviously schlocky fan service moments because that's yeah. just what fan service is going I to know. be. Like that's just when you're saying the term fan service, it is in its core. Yeah. We are service taking some right. So you have to have it be a little like Star Wars does this all the time. <laughs> Star Trek does this yeah. all the time. The MCU has done this all the time. Like yep. there are certain things that's like it. Ha- you have to be over the top with it because that's what fan service is always going to be. Mm-hmm. And. I think this movie doesn't bastardize it because everything that happens still feels true to every single character. The only two that it doesn't make sense with is Lizard and Sandman. Yeah. And if you're going to tell me that the two ancillary villain pieces are the guy, because Electro, it doesn't great because he's like, look, I feel like I'm finally the person that like, I've been a nerd and shitty my whole life. Yeah. And now I, I look good. Now, I yeah, feel good. I love yeah. that. Why would I want to get rid of this? I'm going yeah. back to my hell. That makes total sense. That's not fan service when you continue a storyline. Yeah. Fair. And I I respect you guys' opinion. I oh, really of do. Course, I get yeah. why people like this movie. I just I think either they should have gone a different path where it was just a story of him trying to deal with everyone knowing who he is and he has to deal with that. Or it should have been But that's if Iron they, Man. If they wanted to go this path, yeah. they should have split it into two movies, I think. I because they juggle so much that I feel like some of the storylines could have 
had more room to breathe. Yeah. I would have liked more of the three Peters instead of just a third act thing. Yeah. Who's to say this is the Fair. end? Because, you know, Multiverse yeah. of Madness, like, Toby's definitely going to come back for that, so. And with the MCU, it's hard to nitpick a movie when it comes out because you know they got something up their sleeve. Right. Yeah. So like, with the be. snap, or at the end of Ed Game, there was so much that happened in Ed Game, like, mm-hmm. Loki grabbing the uh, Tesseract and... Boom. <laughs> Such an entire series. Yeah, so right. Like, exactly. Or just the fact that at the end, when Peter hugs Ned after they all come back, mm-hmm. it's like, but where they both got snapped at? You know, like, yeah. they explain stuff. So maybe I'm just in the moment nitpicking. Yeah. And they're going to explain yeah. all this crap that yeah. I don't like. So I respect his opinion. That's just that's just my opinion. Yeah. No, I just, I, I just think this movie has so much joy in it and yes. so much heartbreak. Mm-hmm. And I also just like the, you know, homages to the other, like, you know, Spider-Man's and everything, like, in Civil War, when Tony touches, like, the doorknob to go, and he shoots his hand, and he's like, don't tell at me. And then, with the Green Goblin, he, you know, shoots his hand because he has his Spider-Sense back. And the Spider-Sense sequences are amazing. so killer, dude! <laughs> like, yeah, so that's, like, such a cool, like, you know, like, the father figure that he had in Tony, he yeah. slightly had with, you know, Green Goblin, because I feel like there was such a connection between the two, even though there wasn't, like, that well, much Well, because he's somewhat of a up. scientist himself. No, and, like, <laughs> <laughs> god damn it. <laughs> you know, and so, like, just when he's, like, Peter, like, when he's in the little cell, because he trusts Peter, yeah. you know, and I just think that's, or he's playing him, but mm-hmm. I think it's sweet. Like you said, I like how they brought in everybody but they were respectful of everybody yeah and i also really like the whole plot line with him and mj because never in any of these movies is she uses a plot device for like hey i'm the big bad and i have mj you gotta come get her like it's just by circumstance like oh the portal is open her and ned like were running from the lizard that's how they got there it's not like some big like howdy do like i'm gonna steal your girlfriend damsel distress. yeah and then what the three spiders? The three Spider Men. Oh Let's just quick. We got. We got to yeah. quickly wrap this thing up. The three Spider Men. I love how they all feel different. Yeah. I love their connection and how they they're acting together. It's so great. I love that Tom Holland grew with both of them, mm-hmm. and the comedic sequences with them together are so funny and so genuine and so natural. Andrew Garfield's quip of like, "I love you guys." The, mm-hmm. the improv line that, that was not in the script. So the the youth pastor comment. Yeah. <laughs> so awesome my favorite moment is when um he's like i was in the avengers he's like they're like cool was that a rock band what's what, what, yeah, like what is that yeah <laughs> or, or like when they're talking like oh like what were you guys's like favorite villains that you fought in and, space I don't yeah in like space. in space <laughs> and then um andrew's like i kind of feel lame compared to you guys he's like hold on let's go back to that like you're amazing yeah. and i love that i think that's so sweet like to validate him yeah. you know so you know, I am going to watch this again. Awesome. when you guys talk about it, I am remembering how much fun I have watching yeah, it. Yeah, right? And I'm going to text you as soon as I'm done watching it. I, I, was, yeah. I, I think, honestly, a second time watching it, because I went and saw it on opening night, and then I went to take Teresa to go see it, which is hilarious, because she only knew that the three Spider-Men were in it, but she didn't watch any trailers, so she didn't know that anybody else was in it, so all of her surprises were like, oh my god, Doctor Strange! And I'm like, he's That's on the poster! So <laughs> it was, it was, it was, it made me laugh. Uh, but, okay, but I got mad because I was like, damn, she knows all the twists. But even still, watching, I was like, oh, like, there are so many things that she yeah. doesn't many, know, yeah. and so she still got that experience. I think the best part about this is just the excitement that you get. But once that's done, and you get yeah. to watch the movie as what it is, it's genuinely better the second time. Okay. It's just so heartfelt, too. And yeah. one last thing before we're done. 
the whole thing could have been the same, and I said this before we recorded, I just want to say it for the listeners, I the whole thing could have been the same, and I would have liked it just a little bit more if Bruce Campbell showed up. Yeah. Because that would have been the perfect bit of fan service. And so only I, when fan service affects you. I, only when I Bruce know, Campbell I'll shows up. Dick, <laughs> Where's Hal Sparks? At, <laughs> I would have put him at the very end when Peter sees MJ in the donut shop and Ned. I think it would have been perfect for him to walk in and Bruce Campbell walk up. He's like, can I take your order? And kind of ruin the moment just for a second. And then he walks past. Okay. That would have been one last good little fan I, service joke. That's it. I appreciate it. Um, we're gonna, we literally have two minutes pretty much yeah. to do this. But what I want to say real quick is how do we feel about the ending now where this is going to take the MCU? Because I, I genuinely think it's very interesting. Yeah, I hope that they give the characters time to breathe apart. I agree. I want him to explore going to meet Harry Osborn, to meet Black Cat, to meet these new characters, and then we can bring in Ned and MJ. Drop, I think we need a separation. I agree. Yeah. I love it. I want to see it. Um, I want him to meet up with Shang-Chi because in the mm-hmm. comics, he learns from Shang-Chi. So I would love that, like, when he loses his spider sense, he learns from him. I would love if he, you know, remembers Daredevil mm-hmm. because he noticed that, like, you know, Brick Grab goes to him. You know, there's that whole courtroom scene where Spider-Man, like, dresses up as Daredevil to help him out. I would love something like that. Wanda will probably remember him because she has ruins in her home. And you can't affect a witch's spell yeah. when there's ruins around. Oh. So I think she's going to remember Peter Parker. Nice. So that's I a, am hoping here. that that's the things that will happen. I also, like fun little note watching it again. Have you guys seen Hawkeye? Yes. No, One, watch it. It's amazing. Not just that. When Peter is swinging through the city frantically, which I do love how fast-paced that opening yes. sequence is because you truly feel how scared he is. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You see in the background, mm-hmm. map, and like, uh, like little signs for Captain the Musical. Yeah. Rogers the, the Musical. Rogers the Musical. And then <laughs> at the end, the Christmas tree sequence when he's swinging through the city mm-hmm. is the exact same time Hawkeye is dealing with his finale. Yeah. So, I yeah, I love, I, so I would love to see him meet up with Hawk Girl. Yeah. Because Yelena, I feel like they're, Yelena, I, I, I'm yeah. excited to see where this goes, but I, I wanted to make sure you guys are on the same page. That's it. We have to wrap up because we're on a tight schedule here. I think we did this series justice. Hell yes. Um, And I hope we didn't upset you about movies that you like or didn't like. But Liz, Max, thank you both for being here. I genuinely appreciate it. I hope you had fun. Yes. With great power comes great responsibility. What do I say? Whatever you want now. Do you have a Spider-Man quote? Yeah. Um, Pizza time. No. (laughs) (laughs) Um, All right. Well, here's what I'll say is... When you're thinking about these episodes coming out and how meticulously edited and prepared they are, I just need you to know how much time I've sacrificed. Oh, yes. <laughs> yes let's go. Yes. Uh, all right. Well, <laughs> you all know the drill, as always. Uh, with great power, complete responsibility, like Liz said, and you can be kind and please rewind at the same time. Intro song from YouTube Audio Library by DJ Williams. Audio recordings by Clean Feed. Logo created by David Lucas. Purring by Storm.